0: hope you're encouraged today part three war room war room part three what happens when we pray now that's assuming that you pray as we started on week one and week two as we've been walking through this study together but when we pray our focus turns from the problems that we have and the lord knows we've got a lot of problems and it turns our attention to the lord to him alone it tunes our hearts into him and it aligns us and it gets us close to him. It gets us connected to him. And the great thing about God is that he's on our side. He's he's attentive. He's listening, that I'll repeat over and over today. So when we pray, he doesn't force himself on us. He invites us to invite him in to our situation. And there's a lot of circumstances in this room from young to older people and lives and challenges that deeply need a touch of the Father. And I just ask you, when you pray, how do you pray? Have you prayed? Have you been thinking about prayer? Because it it draws the Father to us as we invite him to draw near. The Scripture is all about drawing near to the Lord. It's It's a choice. It's a choice that you and I get to make every day when we rise up. So this morning, I was thinking about different ways to try to communicate this, and so I've done your worship guide, your notes a little different, and I'm going to look at four different areas today. And one of the areas, I thought, that was so critical to a Christ follower was the Word of God, was the Scriptures. There are many books. The first book I ever read about praying the Scripture was by this old guy named Judson Cornwall, an amazing man of God. I learned a lot from him. I went to hear him speak one time I bought his book, and that was good. Beth Moore, which is an amazing teacher, she does a cameo appearance in this movie, she's written one about praying God's Word. My my wife has bought that and has read that and has given that away, and it's a a great book about getting God's Word in you. So I got to thinking, what are some of the scriptures that I pray and that you might pray? And you can come up and you can go, Pastor, I've got one. I'm only going to give you four that are are possibilities to pray when you're praying, when you're saying, oh, what do I pray? The, The... purest prayers we pray are the scripture when we pray the scripture back to the lord when we internalize it and we personalize god's word that is an authentic and a genuine and a prayer that i know gets the attention of heaven it's god's perfect will so i want to look at the first one here ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 When you look on the screen, you'll see this. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you might know him better. I like that. God, creator, redeemer, wants to give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation that we we might know him more intimately. I'm like, wow, God, that's your prayer that Paul prays this great prayer that I want to know God, and I want to know the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, but God, I want to know you better than I did. And so I'm just asking you when you pray, are you asking God, oh, God, I've got a grocery list, I'm asking you for stuff, but how about God, I want to know you. Like when I read the book of Psalms and I see how the psalmist was so close to God, when I read scriptures in Old and New Testament, and I see people that encountered the living God, that's for us this morning. So we, we draw near, not that we ever inform God of anything. Hey, God, I just want you to know my friends got cancer, and I don't think God goes, really? Surprised. Hey, God, I don't have anything to eat. Really? Didn't know that. Hey, God. I just had my heart broken by a little girl. Hey, could you come in here real quick? Does that ever happen to any of you guys? Don't raise your hands. Okay. Sure. I mean, there's so many prayers we throw up. Hey, God, there's a math problem. Lord, matter of fact, there's a test. I don't understand any of it. Could you help me? So we throw up all these prayers all the time. But here, God, that I might know you better, that I might depend on you. Let's look at a second one. Ephesians 3, 16, 18, 20. And I'll come back to this section of Scripture in a little bit. But I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit, and that you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide and how long and how high and deep is his love. And now, all the glory to God, who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more. Uh, one translation says, immeasurably more than we might ask or think. That is an incredible prayer. If you've been around me anytime, time, you know I love to go to Ephesians and go, God, I ask that you do immeasurably more than I am capable of or even can ask or even can dream or even can imagine. God, come to bear your great name, bring your power. God, I want to pray with passion. You see, I think the church has gone to sleep. And we pray these little wimpy, ridiculous, not God-sized, God-filled prayers. But this morning, I've come to remind you and me, my God is not too small. My God is great. There is nothing too difficult for God. Again, we get a big amen right there. And do you believe that with all your heart? See, I forced that amen out of you. I wish it had just come. But here's the deal. What are you trusting God for? You say, well, you asked us that last weekend. Well, I'm going to be asking you that as long as I have tenure as a pastor. What are you trusting the Father for? These things that I'm praying on purpose. I'm looking. Look look there in Ephesians. You, you, You see this section here. And he says, for this reason, I kneel before the Father. That whole kneel thing, it's where my book Neology came from. Kneeling before Him. It's not the only posture. Matter of fact, there's many postures in God here. It's just one that helps me get my focus right and humbles me and gets my attention on him out of his glorious riches. In other words, it tells me God is not impoverished. God is not in need, but he does desire my praise. He does desire your love and your attention and your devotion. It's like when I pray, I flip the switch, and the power of God gets released. You know, when you go in a room and it's dark, you're looking for the switch, aren't you? And you just want to find that switch. And once you find that switch, and you turn it on, man, the darkness has to flee and the light comes on. I'm just wondering, are we tapping into God's light into His power? and when Christ, who lives in us, the Christ. The Messiah, the Lord Jesus, that dwells in us by faith, it equals power. Can you say to me, this, back to one another this morning, power? Turn to the person next to you and go, power. Yeah, that's what you got. Power. You're like, man, I want power. If you're a Christ follower, the Bible says you have the Holy Spirit. He, he seals you. He marks you. Now, you can grieve and quench the Holy Spirit and. You don't act like you're a believer and there's not much of him in you. You need more of him and less of you or all of him and none of you. But it's power. And I look at that and I go, God, this is amazing. There's a great jazz musician. Some of you older people will know, younger ones, I I read about him. His name was Satchmo or Louis, Louis Armstrong, Louis. And somebody asked Louis one day, said, Louis, I want you to explain jazz to me because you feel it, you understand it. And he said this. If you got to explain it, you ain't got it. I like that. And that's like me trying to explain God to you week in and week in out. I can be descriptive, and I can talk about what he is to me and what Scripture has revealed to us and who the Son has revealed. Jesus says, I am the image of the invisible God. In the Greek, it goes, I am the icon. That's who Jesus is. He's the exact icon of the Father of the glory of God. And Jesus says, I want to just come. I, don't want, I want to fill this place. I want that same power that raised Jesus from the dead, I want that same power to fill us. Because when that power fills us, it is power unleashed. It's power unspeakable. It's power that breaks and cancels addictions. You know, I'm really concerned about our world. I'm not concerned about tomorrow or Tuesday. I'm not concerned that there have been people right now all upset about the red moon, the blood moon, and what it means and what it doesn't mean and what Joel said. But here's what I know. I want you to be prepared to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. But I do not know and no man knows, not even the son, when he will come again. But he will come like a thief in the night. And the church said. Somebody the other day says, my wife is so upset. Not in our church somewhere else. Say, so she's very upset about this situation. Or so-and-so is very upset. And all these prophetic people are saying, man, the Lord Jesus is coming back next week. Well, you know, he might come this afternoon. He might come in the middle of this service. How cool would that be? Some of you are like, no, 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 Pastor, I got a couple things I want to do first. Well, you better settle it quick, okay? But I don't know when he's coming. But let's look at the third scripture, Matthew 6, 8. Now, this would just, there's more of a concept. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. All that does is that gives me comfort to know that my Father is omniscient and my god knows everything and god is in control of everything and when i go to him he is not caught off guard he is not surprised he is not slumbering he is not sleeping he's not irritated he loves me and he knows and he wants me to bring those requests to him so when i pray basically i bring my anxiety i bring my weakness i bring my failures I bring my shame. I bring my guilt. I bring who I am to bear on who He is. And that's what prayer is. And you're saying, Pastor, you got something you want to talk about? Well, I'm a human. I fall short. I'm a sinner. I'm reconciled by the blood of Christ. That's the only thing that makes me right, an advocate with a father. It's the same for you if you're in Christ. But when I recognize, yeah, I sin daily. Some days more than others, and I, I believe in sanctification being set apart for the glory of God. But the Lord, here I am, a mess, broken. Isaiah said, Yeah, you're undone, boy. I understand that. Does anybody understand about what it means to be undone? Do you feel like you're undone, church? Church, do you feel like you're undone? Well, let me tell you, you are. You're saying, Well, not me. Well, just. Just give it an opportunity this afternoon. You'll have an opportunity to sin this afternoon. You'll have an opportunity to choose Christ this afternoon. you have an opportunity to move on with him. And, Lord, you're not surprised. I, I don't get on your nerves when I come to you. And then this other one, Luke 18.1, I, I, t- I did it from the contemporary English verse, version, it's C-E-V. That's what it means. Jesus told his disciples a story about how they should keep on praying and never give up. I like that. That's a, that's, a, that's a good verse. I'm like an athlete, a coach giving a, a, some kids a talk. Like, hey, all right, we got blown out first half. Let's refocus. Let's regroup. It's up. I know coaches sometimes don't use spiritual language. And, and they go, but don't give up. Don't give up. I like what Jesus says here. Keep praying. But don't give up. See, some of you, somehow you've been defeated, you've been discouraged, you're down. And you've given up. And this morning, I've come to encourage you to to lift Christ up, to to find that you can express your complete dependence on Him. Lord, but I'm not getting answers. I'm not getting immediate answers to my prayer. Well, welcome to our universe. man. sometimes I pray a prayer and it gets answered quickly. Sometimes I pray it over and over, hundreds, thousands of times. Still not answered. I've been praying some prayers for years. I've even got a few in the decade category decades plural that's long term and that's part of being a christ follower and sometimes i'm like i want to give up but i or you do not know that the answered prayer is just around the corner if i do not give up on him and the faithfulness of christ and i keep praying and i keep lifting up my prayers, and they keep getting dumped in a bowl in heaven as an incense of an offering to the Lord. I don't totally understand that from Revelation. It's an awesome concept, but you got to keep praying. This morning, somebody needs to keep praying. You don't need to give up. Next weekend, I'm going to talk part about your family members, okay? So we'll, maybe that will encourage you then. Repetition, I want you to write this thought down. I like this. Repetition is a proof of faith. When I bring my petitions to him, And I repeat some of them over, not to be rhetoric, but to be faithful, to bring that before the Lord from my heart. Repetition is okay. Repetition is faithfulness to him. Lord, I know it is your will that man should not perish, that none should perish, but all should have eternal life in Christ Jesus. That's the will of God. And I pray, and I pray, and I don't give up. Maybe you've been determined that I'm going to give up, but hang in there. It's fervent prayer. It's not ceasing. It stretches forth. It goes beyond the boundaries. It's like an athlete with a stretched ligament, a pulled muscle. They stretch with everything they've got. That's what we do in prayer. We're effectual. We're fervent. We're energetic. We're passionate. We pray prayers of his will through his scripture, through our relationship to Christ. It's faithful prayer to God. Now, that that sounds ridiculous. We ain't praying to God. Sometimes we pray some prayers, but I'm not, I don't know who they're directed to. I've got some in that category. Sometimes I'm just like, man, your heart is not in that. That's not God's will. That's just foolishness. Or I don't know who you're talking to. Are you just talking to impress everybody else? Or are you talking to him? There's a difference. You know when you're talking to him and when you're just talking. Do I have a witness in here today? I mean, you ever just kind of go through your little morning ritual and you're riding to work and you're just throwing it out there. You ain't, you, ain't, you ain't even stopped to think about what you're praying. You're just throwing it out there. You know, sometimes I'm like, God, I'm glad you don't answer some of the prayers I pray. Have you ever had some of those in your life before? I'm like, well, yeah, but there's some I wish he would answer quickly. He might. He might not. He might just have you continue to travail in prayer. And, and that you, uh, like, uh, like this morning, there's some of you, when you came in here, you're having a hard time focusing on God. And, and I, I hear this sometimes that people go, uh, you know, did I turn the iron off or did I leave it on? Did I let the dog out or is a dog in the house destroying it right now? Demon dog, you know, and you start praying all that against that dog. Or, or some of you are already thinking this. I already know it's 1046 in the morning. And some of you are already thinking, what should I have for lunch? What would look good on me? Well, that would be the healthy choice, but I don't know what's going to be good or better. But you know, you know, you know we got all these things we're thinking, it's like, no, God, I want to I focus on you. I want to I trust. I want to draw close. Lord, I want to make prayers that are acceptable in your sight. They're they're pure. They're pleasing. They're Christ exalting. Lord, give me that kind of prayer. So, what you pray, you just begin to look through this. And then look at, move to the right. Why you pray? Why do you pray? Well, scripture commands us. That's that's a simple reason. God wants to know us, He wants to reveal Himself to us. Greatest ways through His Word, through His written Word. It's through our relationship with Christ, through the Word of God. And we hear, and Lord, I like where he says, teach us to pray. But I want you to look at Daniel. He says, and then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. It's a great prophetic section there in Daniel, but he's coming. And he's on the way to bring answers to his prayer or to meet that request, but he's forbidden. There's There's a spiritual battle raging. And what I want to say to you this morning is there's a battle when Christians pray. The war room. It it demonstrates this in regular life, in spiritual realms, natural realms. But when you and I pray, it's hard. There's, There's this battle that we're coming. Listen to what it says on in there. Essentially, he told Daniel the reason for the delay is Daniel's prayers being answered. 21 days ago, your prayer was heard in heaven, and an answer was sent. I was bringing the answer, and I was stopped by a high-ranking demon that opposed me. See, there are spiritual forces right now in heavenly places and over us that we do not see with our natural eye, and there is great opposition. Does anybody believe that but your pastor this morning? When you go to God in fervent intercession, there's a war in the heavens going on. There is. Scripture is clear about spiritual warfare and the impacts, and this answer is prevented. And sometimes I think when you and I pray, we are coming up against great, great opposition. But I'm grateful Jesus has defeated our foe, the devil, at the cross. But there's still, he allows him some lateral, some movement in this world and on this earth. And that activity. Now, one day, the Bible in Revelation says he will be cast into the lake of fire where he will be bound forever. And I go, hallelujah, going to hell. I like that. And you stay there. But in this life, we're going to face that opposition. It's going to be tough. And I don't know, you're, you're saying, but Pastor, I've been praying for something and, and I've been fervent and I've said my prayers multiple times a day and I love God and I'm, I'm purposing to seek to know Christ better. That's awesome. Stay on that path. But you're being opposed. You got to hang in there. God's delays are not necessarily denials. It might be that God's not got you ready. He doesn't have the situation ready. He's working in other things that we do not know. He is God. He does know all. We do not. We know in part. But one day we shall know him in fullness as he is, and we shall behold him as the Lamb of glory. Do y'all look forward to the day that we behold the Lord Jesus Christ in all of his splendor and his glory and his majesty? And we shall bow for him because he's holy so look at this what you pray why you pray let's look at this how long do you pray so you're like how long do you pray I pray for a minute somebody man I pray for five minutes I pray for an hour I'm not gonna try to give you a length of time I can't determine that Prayer is really about the heart it's not about the longevity although sometimes we get off and go "Oh Lord you already know everything so you know see ya I'm going to play golf Hey, God, I'm going to play tennis. Hey, I'm going to the ball game. hey, Hey, could you like put them angels around me like I'm driving down the interstate? We need a little help. I don't think that's really giving them a lot of glory. The Bible says pray all the time. Pray continually. The Bible says never stop praying. It says pray, pray, pray. What do you do while I'm praying? I want you to write this in. This is extra. You wait patiently while you pray. You wait. That song that we just did, waiting on him. Listen to what the scripture says in the 37th Psalm, verse 7. Be still in the presence of the Lord and wait patiently for him to act. And then you want to wait expectantly. Psalm 105, verse 5. I wait expectantly, trusting God, for he has promised. God, I wait on you. You're faithful, God. And Lord, help my waiting quotient. Help my waiting ability. Lord, I'm not good at waiting. The Lord says, no one who waits for my help will be disappointed. Isaiah 49, verse 23. Those that trust in him will not be disappointed. In Psalm 55:22, from the message says, pile your troubles on God's shoulders, and he will carry your load, and he will help you out. And this morning, I bet you, if I could go one-on-one with you, every one of you would go, I've got some burdens. I've got some stuff in my backpack that's holding me down. And I would assure you that God cares for you according to His word and to His love. And hopefully you'd find strength and comfort in Him. So you pray. And look at this. I want you to fill this in. How long do you pray? You pray until the answer comes. Duh. I mean, that's one. I'm just praying. I'm hanging in there. I'm not losing heart. I'm, there might be many distractions, there's temptations to quit. There's all these things going on in my life. But Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus is praying for you and me. He's just praying for us. He's talking to the Father on our behalf. The the Bible says the Holy Spirit moans and groans and makes expressions for that which we do not know how to pray. As a pastor, everybody thinks I know what to pray. And let me go ahead and tell you, time out. I do not. uh, There's a lot of things I know from God's Word. There's a lot of things I pray with confidence and authority. I know it to be God's will. But sometimes I don't know. And sometimes I'll just, and and years ago, I finally got free and go, I do not know. But he does, so let's talk to him. And I get great comfort in knowing that the Holy Spirit intercedes for those that love God. And he makes expressions I know not of. And he prays, but we pray, we're fervent, we hang in there. R.A. Torrey, a great preacher, writer, says, When it's not made clear the first time or the second time or the third time, the thing we ask is according to his will, that therefore the prayer is heard. And the thing granted, in such a case, we ought to pray. And we ought to pray. Own and own and own and own. Do you get the whole concept now? Don't stop praying. Don't cease your praying. Continue to pray. Some of you have been praying for a long time and I believe by faith just around the corner your answer's there. And maybe it's this week, maybe it's next week, next month, next year, next decade. I don't know, but Scripture commands you and I to continue to pray to be faithful. Look at the second one. Until the circumstances change. So the answer when it comes, so time to quit praying for that prayer, or the circumstances change. The Bible says, I am the Lord and I do not change. Are y'all glad today that God does not change? He is steadfast fast. He is stable. Matter of fact, he invented stability, and I love that. My God doesn't change with the economy and with the religions and and terrorism and our world trying to be dumb and redefine marriage and all perversion and all the things we're doing in this world. God does not change. He is faithful. Now, our circumstances change, and we wait in his presence, and Lord, help me to adapt, to adopt, to move with you. And, Lord, these circumstances are hard. Some of you have difficult circumstances. Where are you? You're like, well, I'm going to keep praying until these things change. I believe they can by faith. I believe I can get the attention of the Father. He doesn't change. He gives the power to change people, to change situations. I I don't totally understand that, but I, I like where Luke 137 says, with God nothing will be impossible. I love to write that to people because I believe it. I love it in my heart. But sometimes I get a little weak on my impossibility ability to wait. But I do believe that God can do anything, anything that he so chooses to do. So like God help us to to fight, to hang in there. I like what Paul, you've got to remember when Paul got converted and then he became this great preacher of the gospel. and We have most of our New Testament, a majority of it because of him. But when he first got saved, when he came to Christ, people were fearful of him. And when Barnabas brought him around, that was shut down meetings really quick. And then Paul began to go into hostile territories and proclaim the riches and the depth and the love of Christ. And then he would, in some of his letters, he would tell them, would you pray for me? It makes more sense. He was taking the offering uh, to believers and he was offering up his life. And he asked the Romans to join him in praying for safety and protection when he wouldn't find himself in different areas, in different communities, proclaiming Christ. It was a marvelous vote of confidence to the Apostle Paul. Paul believed in the Lord Jesus with all his heart. He clinged to him. He trusted. He knew that change could come, that people could be converted to the gospel, and it was great opposition in that day to Jesus, to the way. In so many ways, it's not different. There's, I think, 800 prayer vigils yesterday or today for the young man that was... uh, you seed help me what uh who yeah pastor seed 800 prayer vigils i read the other day were going on for him to be released from prison for preaching the gospel of jesus heard a little interview with his wife it was amazing as she fights and she prays and prevails in prayer for her for her husband for being faithful to jesus it's called the persecuted church the persecuted believers they're all over the world we don't know about persecution but the other night, we were having a small group, and we thought, but we will. It will come to America, the new heights. Maybe in my lifetime, maybe in your kids' or your grandkids' lifetime, I don't know. But persecution is going to be more rampant, and it's going to be amped up. You're going, well, you're supposed to give me lots of hope and encouragement. I am. It's Jesus. But it's going to come. It's tough. Or here's a third one. To God... How long do you pray? Till God changes the burden of your heart. God puts burdens on our hearts. And you pray. And then sometime God answers or he can reposition or he can help you be more sensitive to another situation and your burden changes or it gets answered or things happen. But God burdens hearts in this room for different things. And until God changes your burden, you're praying for a certain window of the world to come to faith in Christ. You're praying for this situation. You're praying for that situation. If your heart is burdened for that, pray. Pray. And pray some more. Keith, this is for you. Pray some more. A burden. What is a burden? A burden is just a deep, burning desire, concern within my spirit for something. One of my burdens is for souls to be one to jesus christ and then to walk in discipleship with him and i'm wondering lord what does it take and we need to cry we need to be burdened i don't know what your burden is maybe your burden's for for china well my goodness china right now the gospel is just exploding in, in that nation it really is burdens come in different shapes and different sizes but if you're a christ follower i think god will give you a burden You need to ask him what it is. I I can't define it for you, but you'll you'll know. You'll you'll burn. You'll you'll be sensitive to that. You'll you'll want direction, and there'll be an inner burning, an inner stirring in your soul. That's a burden. Uh, It could be for, for sex trafficking. It's a very popular burden today. It's very real. It could be for orphanage. Orphanages around the world or one you've been to. It could be for little children. It could be for clean water to go to communities and eventually the gospel. It, it, I don't know what you, It could be for the, the, uh, the pro-life movement and, and you want to rescue the unborn and, and you're burdened deeply about that or, or your burden burdened or for uh, education, uh, for the education and the, the training of, of ministers and disciples. I, I don't know what it is. I, I'm just trying to throw out some things that might be something in your heart that you know that, God, I, I need you to come in. Maybe sometimes it's just your burden for a loved one, for them to come to Christ. That happens a lot. Your burden for the sick to get well. There are people in here this morning that have loved ones you're praying for. You put them on the prayer list, we pray for them. You're praying for things we don't know about, but I want to give you a quick principle. Write it down pray it through. You have to learn to pray it through. And praying it through can be very hard. But it's that praying without ceasing. It's praying to the end. It's, it's being passionate. It's being engaged. It's being earnest in prayer. We, we call it the push method push. P U S H. Pray until something happens. Pretty good, huh? Push. Which I know who first came up with that concept. it is you 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 just pray for a situation and you won't come down from the wall as nehemiah said and you just pray and you push through and you prevail and you're steadfast and you're believing the kingdom of god is coming to pass and you're going to hold in there with everything you've got lord there's a release here lord there's something i need to trust you for i'm going to be in travailing prayer people that prayed it through the lord jesus he knew how to pray things through with loud cries and tears and how If this cup can pass from me, but nevertheless, thy will be done. He prayed it through all the way to the cross. Jacob, he struggled with an angel, and he overcame, and he wept, and he begged for the favor of God. Hosea 12, 4. Hannah, she was in deep anguish, and she prayed earnestly, cried bitterly to the Lord, Would you give me a son? And God answered that prayer. Elijah, he prayed fervently. He prayed seven times that it would rain, and he bowed low to the ground. He prayed with his face between his knees, and he prayed, and God met him, but he kept praying, and we keep praying until we get an answer, until God releases us. I I hope somebody's going to be encouraging this this morning of thinking, I can't just rush into God's presence. I need to know, Father, would you show me what your will is? Would you reveal to me if this is something I need to pray about? And if it is, then I'll be fervent. I'll I'll be immovable. I'll be in my prayer closet. I'll I'll have it on my prayer list I'll pray with some other Christians about it God we'll, we'll pray we're gonna pray we're gonna we're gonna trust you we're gonna uh, Lord maybe it's not the first time the hundredth time the thousandth time but Lord I am compelled I'm compelled to pray to you move I'm compelled to pray till you give an answer look at this last section warfare prayer maybe you're praying for the fall of the Islamic State maybe you're praying for the opposition to the gospel what, what is spiritual warfare It's doing battle with forces of evil in heavenly realms, in heavenly places. And there's so many books and so much written on this. And I I could do a whole series on this. But I want to say this. Spiritual warfare is real. And Jesus says in Ephesians 6 to put on the armor of God, the complete armor of God, that you might do battle. And I do it every day, and I pray you do. Go home and read Ephesians 6. And right now there is war. There's war for you to not be spiritual and deep in Christ. There's war that you won't share the gospel. There's war for your soul. There's war for your family. There's war, war, war. It, you're saying, wow, pastor, you, yeah, there's something going on. There is something going on. But we win in Christ. And we put on the armor, and, we, and we're faithful, and we're bold, and, we, and we, we run to him, and we trust him. And, and in that prevailing, I'm reminded that the same power That we're gonna sing about in just a few moments that same power that raised Jesus from the dead is that same power operating in us and allows us to stand in faith not just faith we stand in victory we pray from we live from victory unto victory is that a word for you this morning church we're not praying from a point of defeat and destruction and doom and death and depression we pray from a point of victory in our Redeemer that has conquered all and lives forever. Lord, we're, we're grateful for the truth of the gospel today. So prayer is a battle. We engage the enemy. Prayer is war. In the upper room, they prayed, and the Holy Spirit moved. Acts 2, the church was birthed. We, we could walk all through the book of Acts, all the great events. But there was this prevailing passion force of the power of prayer when you read the book of Acts. I want to go to Acts 29. It hasn't been written yet. We're writing Acts 29. And wouldn't that be cool if it's like, man, the passionate church, the bride of Christ, was raised up during our day. And we saw Christ. We saw him moving. We saw that the battle is the Lord. We resisted Satan. We moved forward. We prayed the Psalms. We were alert. Our God is able. He's not small. There was this superior force of prayer cover. We know in the military, if we can dominate air cover then we usually can win you know got the ground and we do the air and we have supreme air cover as a follower of jesus and it is in heavenly places with the lord jesus ruling forever do you believe that today church we have superiority in christ and it reigns and it rules and it helps us overcome and we're serious and we're watchful in prayer and we pray and we expect results and we're not alone Oh, I just I get so excited about this. Look, look here with me advancing the kingdom of God against the kingdom of Satan Enough said I'll, I'll get you to read the verses later bringing people into the kingdom breaking the hold of Satan Breaking strongholds of Satan among other believers lives move down to the last one. The reason we often Times don't get immediate answers is because there is resistance There is resistance And I've tried to talk about that opposition some this morning to you, thinking that the ultimate war has been won, it's tough, we're prayer warriors, and there is a war going on today greater than it's ever been, but Jesus wins. Listen to this. Lord, help me to always keep in mind that I'm instrumental in the war between you and your enemy and the victory of my life. It depends on my willingness to hear from you and to talk to you often a great book by stormy L. martin called prayer warriors was written and it really talks more about this prayer war. I, I love stormy she writes all the great books about praying husbands and praying wives and praying kids and praying politicians i don't know if she wrote that maybe she should anyway i just thought i would throw that out there secondly you know your commander-in-chief it is the lord jesus and you stand on his side lord Teach us, teach me how to be a powerful prayer warrior. God, I don't know how to do that. But Lord, I want to pray strong prayers against the encroachment of the enemy. And when he comes against me, I want to rise up. I want the church to rise up. The third, put on your protective armor that I taught, Ephesians 6, every morning against the devil. Lord, help me to put on that breastplate of righteousness. Lord, help me to be cleansed. Help me to be covered. Help me to be protected. God, help me to be your vessel when I go forth. Fourth, become skilled in the spiritual weapons that Christ gives you and me. And there are many weapons that Christ gives us. And the scripture delineates that force. And fifth, pray for strength in the battle. I want you to hear this, and we're going to do some great songs. Lord, I thank you that you have armed me with strength for the battle. You've subdued me under those who rose against me. Lord, may your strength be made perfect, in my weakness 2 Corinthians 12:9 You are the strength of my life whom shall I be afraid Psalm 27:1 I pray that you will pull me out of the net of the enemy that was laid for me because I rely on your strength Psalm 31:4 But Lord in this battle I'm going to fight for I am a warrior It's one of my prayers every day. I put on the armor of God and then I remind myself that Lord Jesus, number one, I am a worshiper of you. Number two, I am a warrior in the strength and the might of Jesus. I will war. Number three, may I be your living witness as long as i have breath may the praise of jesus ever be on my lips stand with me right now i want to pray a prayer i'm gonna be in the back if anybody wants to receive prayer we're gonna do a great a chorus Same power you don't want to leave it's gonna be a powerful time to lift up jesus and then we'll flow into mighty warrior lord jesus move us now grip our hearts change us oh god and make us warriors in jesus name